At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad, we are back on Thompson to Clark. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, the dryness, the heat, <laughs> all that's everywhere, right? If you're if you're listening to this, you're probably in the Bay Area. Yes, probably Reno, Northern Nevada, uh, S- Central California, Northern California. It's hot everywhere. Oh my man. gosh! It's <laughs> everybody's baking. Okay, what's the hottest that you've seen from friends of yours who are complaining about the heat? A hundred and thirteen, I think. That's one, the highest. Yeah. One of my coworkers, she lives in the Sacramento area. Oh, hundred and seventeen today. Wow. And and so when I used to go up to Chico back in the day, we had you know like a hundred and eight, hundred and nine sometimes. But it but up there, it's so green and so moist that it was like it would choke you because of the humidity. So you guys have that in the Bay area. So you have the humidity to make it worse. The thing about us, I'm, I'm trying to find our, our, our current humidity. Cause when Northern Nevada in the Reno area, we're the high desert. So it's dry. Uh, our humidity right now is 14%. Mm. So that, that, that's our, that's our humidity and that's low. And when they're, and that's because if you see behind me, we've got clouds rolling in, we've got thunderstorms happening. Yeah. So if all of a sudden I'm not here. It's because we lost power. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst show. Just me talking about yeah. <laughs> this Philly series by myself. <laughs> I'll call in. I can call in cause I'll have, I'll have, power on my phone but there you go <laughs> uh so the, the the hottest that i've seen is uh 117 like i said yeah uh and somebody i i was talking to somebody and i said that that was the that that was how hot it was and and he said does it even get that hot in death valley which kind of took me uh, off guard i think it does i believe it does i drove through death valley down to vegas a few months back Vegas, we had a hundred and eight, something like that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then driving through Death Valley, it was it was a good 102, 103, but it does get up there. And and I can't even imagine. Uh well, let's take a look. Let's see. And, and it's probably not gonna be like that right now because it's kind of strange. This summer I've been looking in Vegas has been cooler than normal. Oh, it's 122 in Death Valley right now. So Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, so, it's going to be 123 tomorrow. <laughs> so hopefully everybody is finding ways to stay as cool as possible and also to stay sane. That's yeah. the other thing is the heat yeah. kind of makes people cranky and you know, there, there's no judgments here. I get it. It's, it sucks, oh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I was thinking, Man, I need to throw on my AC, but in California, we're getting these updates, and some of it through my own next door website. Uh, they don't want you to, well, unfortunately, from four to nine, they want you to use as, as least amount of electricity as possible. And I say that as I got lights here so that we can record this podcast. <laughs> um, but they also said, try and keep your house at like 78 because everyone's just cranking on the ac so i was like yeah. okay like i'm i, I don't want to dial up the ac so if i get a little sweaty that that <laughs> well it's funny we don't we we open all the windows because in the morning here in reno 
you could wake up in the morning, it could be like 59. So you open all the windows and just get that nice, cool air. Yeah. But then it shoots up, and then all of a sudden by 10 o'clock in the morning, it's 90. So the heat starts pouring in. We don't turn on the AC until like around 1 or 2 o'clock, and by that time, the house is already 86, like in the house. So, um, so we're okay with you know conserving and doing all that because we don't keep the AC on colder than 78 usually. Yeah. At any point. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. So I guess we should probably talk about some Giants baseball because yeah, when sure. we last left people, uh, the Giants were beginning a series with the Padres, and they played competitively and had some opportunities to win, but ultimately did get swept, and it's not fun, especially when San Diego comes into our house and uh, and takes it takes three games and you know we were getting updates from my son hot take bry and he he's just he's just the worst luck with <laughs> Giants games. uh but he did when so when jock hit that moonshot that bon, i think john miller called it a bonzian blast he did yes if you classic. if you if you pause it as as the ball is going you know over the foul pole you see Bry in there throwing the arm up like, yeah, <laughs> in, in the right field, uh, the right field classic. area. Uh, but then the Phillies came into town and I meant to do this before, but I have the, I have the uh, standings up. The Phillies came to town and they are battling for a playoff spot. And so I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to see their best. And th- I, th- they're in good shape for the wild card, but it's not like, They've locked anything in. No, no. If you're a Phillies fan, how frustrated are you <laughs> that the Giants, who were lifeless, they'd lost seven in a row, and they, in the game one, Friday night, they just put it to Philadelphia. I would have been so mad as a Phillies fan that this team just beats bumps on uh, on the Phillies, and it wasn't even close. Well, and insult to injury – the guy managing the giants is the guy they fired mm-hmm. because he couldn't, they didn't think he was had what it took to get them over the hump. And <laughs> here they are now battling for that spot. Their, their manager right now is Rob Thompson, right? Cause didn't yes. they fire Girardi this season? Middle I of think the so. Season, yeah. This season. Uh, and that kind of lit a fire under them. So this is Rob Thompson's not Robbie Thompson. Uh, this is Rob Thompson's um, kind of uh, uh, audition to right. get the job next year. Right. So uh, yeah, that's gotta be, and Philly fans, Philly fans of any sport, they can be pretty forgiving, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're giving Philly radio, a handful right now. Kapler should have Kapler should have come out in a Santa Claus costume. Oh so can... my God! Yes, get booed. I, and I heard that there were a lot of uh, Philly fans in San Francisco this weekend. Um, you know, bought up some tickets, went to the game. Thought, oh yeah, we're gonna watch a, a you know, a beat up on the Giants, beat up on Kapler. Mm-hmm. Did not happen, man. So. Giants win 13 to one. We don't have to talk about the, the Padres stuff because like you said, they, they fought hard, but uh, ultimately the, the Padres, uh, you know, I, I guess if you, if this is a, a podcast where you pick on Tyler Rogers, you can kind of lay blame to him for one of those games yeah. uh, against the Padres. Cause I thought he gave up a, a knock and then a home run and then a, another double. I think that that scored runs, but they also couldn't get it done against Josh Hader. So in the, in the Philly series though, here, here's the, the game that I really want to ask you about because uh, Radone just on fire gets double digit strikeouts again. And then the bullpen does him so dirty. Yeah. yeah. Was it Brebbia but- who gave up a three run Jack? It was Brebbia. We're talking now we're going back with Sunday, right? Yeah. Sunday talking about Sunday's game. Yes, Brebbia. And it's a little bit frustrating, too. Brebbia is a guy um, that is kind of a lock for the bullpen again next year. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a pretty, a really good season last year. But I swear, I feel like every time, and and when you look at his numbers, he hasn't been awful this season. But I swear, every time. I thought he's been, he's generally been pretty good, but. 
yeah. I would love to see the numbers that show, you know, because because in some in some you know some moments are a little bit harder than others when when you're using a bullpen for four innings. Like if he's throwing the sixth inning, that's different than when he's throwing the eighth inning. And I kind of want to see what those numbers look like when he's in higher leverage situations. Yeah, and I think you know I think we I might be able to kind of split those on Baseball Reference. Let me see. Uh, let me look at his 2022 splits. Um, if we look at, uh, I, I want to give him a little bit of, okay. A little, a, a little bit here because he did pitch the night before he threw right. a two thirds of an inning and gave up one hit, which dropped the ERA to 2.60. And it was his 16th hold of the season. So he was, he was being used on back-to-back days for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. And and we've talked about too, even though it's September call up time, we're not going from 25 to 40, like we used to do in the yeah. past. We're going from 26 to 28. You're just yeah. adding two more guys. Yeah. Uh, but it, his seventh inning numbers, he has an ERA of 4.60, um, Babbitt of, of 0.294, which I believe is the league average. I was looking at something today, and the league average is 0.291 for Babbitt. Mm. Um, and so he's right at the league average in the seventh inning. But then the eighth inning, his ERA is a little bit lower, but his Babbitt is three uh, is 0.368. So it's pretty high. And that's the majority of his innings are the seven or uh, the seventh and the eighth. He's pitched in uh, 29 of his. Uh, uh, of his innings this year. So from the seventh through the ninth, he's pitched in 34 innings total uh, with an ERA of 3.71 and a BABIP of 0. 0.320. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I feel like every time I, I Brebbia comes in, I go, this is either going to be all or nothing. Um, there's never a, like an in-between, like I'm going to walk a batter and then, uh, you know, I'll get a ground ball double play and then I'll get out of the inning. Mm-hmm. No, it's like if, if he walks a batter or gives up a base hit, it could get ugly very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, as his stuff from what I noticed since Colorado was up and in Colorado, it's going to be up. That's just the way it's going to be. But since then, a lot of his stuff is just kind of hanging, uh, belt or higher, um, so, so it is a little bit frustrating. I f- feel bad for the guy, but, um, you know, Giants fans want to walk off. We want to walk off. So as soon <laughs> as it happened, I go, hey, you know what? That sets us up for this walk off in the bottom of the ninth. And Wilmer. sure enough, yeah, sure enough, Wilmer, we got it. Line drive shot that uh, doesn't probably barely gets higher than the actual fence that it went over. <laughs> To, to win the game yeah. and yeah that that was cool because you got to see the the team walk off and and uh you know there there was some it looked like it was fun for uh a little while at least you know they haven't oh, yeah. they haven't seen like they've been having fun in a while so that was nice to see for sure is that the the lewis brinson effect I, I yeah think... so that i was yeah. actually wanted to talk about him and I had no idea who this guy was before we traded for him. Now he's a older player who was a pretty big prospect uh, many years ago. So, you know, whenever the giants signed those guys and we, we mentioned this before when the giants are winning and they take a chance on a guy like that, you're like, Oh man, Zadie smart guy there on the margins. <laughs> and then when they're losing, it's like, come on, dude, again, yeah. can't we just get someone who we've heard of before? <laughs> But yeah, Brinson, he's he's a big dude. Yeah, he is a big guy. He so he was a, a 29th overall pick in 2012. So when the Giants were winning their second World <laughs> Series of the three, Brinson was drafted and he was going to be a, you know, he was a big prospect, first rounder. Texas Rangers took him. I remember I think when he was with Florida, uh you know, cuz we we play a lot of fantasy baseball, so we were, yeah. we're always looking at the, you know, this year, what is it, Gunnar Henderson and right, you know, right, all right. those guys who are coming up. Uh, so I remember that, in, in, and I don't remember what year it was, but whatever year it was that he came up, uh, I grabbed him. I thought, oh, this, this guy's going to be great. He hit 199 on the season. Um, can't even remember if he hit double-digit home runs that year. Uh, I actually got his numbers here. Let's see. Uh 
Yeah, so his his real rookie season, because in 2017, so five years after being drafted, he came up with Milwaukee, mm-hmm. um, hit 106 in 47 at-bats, and then uh, was traded to Miami, so 24 years old, 2018. Uh, f- you can call it a full season. It's the most games he's ever played in the majors in one season. He played 109 games that year, 382 at-bats, uh, buck 99 so not even mendoza line uh 120 strikeouts and 382 at bats uh hit uh 11 home runs so double digit home runs so the, so the power has always been there and that's kind of what they talked about when mm-hmm. uh, when we were able to trade for him and and here's the whole thing too it's after the trade deadline there are no more waiver wire trades like there used to be back in the day under the new CBA that doesn't exist. So in order now to trade for somebody after the trade deadline, it has to be a minor league player. You can't be trading 40 man roster guys uh, unless they're DFA'd pass through waivers end up in your AAA and they're truly a minor league guy. Then you can go ahead and trade. He was on a minor league contract, or I think it might actually I think it might actually have to be on a minor league contract. So he was on a minor league contract um, and the giants were able to trade for him for just cash considerations. Right. Um, and he's had 11 at bats now for the giants. Um, just kind of tearing it up. He's got a fun attitude. Looks like he's having a good time. Him and uh, after his, I think after his second home run, he was sitting and walking past, he kept walking past B craw and B craw. You could see was kind of, prodding them a little bit with something and they were laughing. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're having a good time. You know, this team is having a good time again. They're in Los Angeles, a place they haven't won this year uh, to see them go in there and uh, take game one of a three game series against the juggernaut Dodgers. Oh yeah. Um, and then they're going to win the division. Obviously the Dodgers are going to win the division. It's just prolonged at this point. Uh, I think their magic number is eight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no way that they can clinch playing against the giants, which is good. You know, the giants will, <laughs> they'll, they'll get out of town before any of that happens. Um, but, but yeah, watching Princeton, like you said, he is a big dude. What, what are his, what are his measurements? He's six, five to 12, six, five outfielder. Um, yeah. He, covers a you lot know of who he lo- You know, who he looked a little bit like, and, uh, this, this player comes up because, uh, you know, we play the, the MLB, the show, O'Neal Cruz is also Ooh. like a giant tall guy. And when, when he stands at the plate, you're like, geez, he's so tall. That's what I thought yeah. with, with, with him. It was like, man, he's like almost as tall as O'Neal Cruz. And it just looks weird because you don't necessarily see those tall guys like an Aaron Judge unless they're, they're just these giant power hitters. So, yeah. And, and also, you got to figure too, O'Neal Cruz is that big and he plays shortstop, which yeah. is amazing. And, uh, uh, Marco Luciano is a tall guy, uh, kind of a big guy, and he's our shortstop uh, of the future. And there's, you know, still talk of it, will he end up playing third base? Will he be converted to the outfield? But um, you're starting to see taller and taller position players uh, get chances to to be out there. And again, if you, if you can hit for power, which obviously we've seen, he can do that. He, he also strikes out. That's just the way that's going to be. Um, but, you know, happy to have him on the team. I'm excited. I, I know a lot of fans are just kind of like, well, we took, you know, old prospect, this yeah. guy who, I mean, he's 20, what, 28 years old. Um, still has plenty of time to to, to try to shine. Um, did I get his age right? Oh, can't find it, of course. Uh, 28. Yeah, so he's 28 years old right now. Um, so it's still plenty of time to grow, plenty of time to shine. Um he is uh, arbitration eligible, I think, for the first time next year. So the Giants have some control. Um, I think they would have to get him on the 40-man. He's probably going to be Rule 5 eligible mm-hmm. uh, during the offseason. So and he's on the 40-man right now. They're going to have to keep him on the 40-man in the offseason. Um, so, so, again, a lot of guys right now are just kind of getting that chance uh, to shine, getting a little bit of an audition. So it's a fun. We talked about it last week. You can look at this season 
be a grumpy fan and yeah. say, oh, this team won 107 games last year and they're, you know, what are they doing? Zadie doesn't know what he's doing and, and you know, Kapler doesn't fire them all. Or you could look at it and say, well, you know, they won 107 games last year. They could do it again. Zadie doesn't like to make, you know, he likes consistency. So Kapler's probably going to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you could just look at all these guys being auditioned and say, well, well this is what we could have next year and and build on that through free agency and a couple of call-ups there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all one of the things i love about indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because indeed does the hard work for you They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. All right. Before we get to our player of the week, because we're going to spend yep. a little bit of time talking about this player. Um, w- let's talk about what we're drinking. And on a very, very hot day, we're... And and look, it, you know, we we especially in California, people say, "Oh gosh, can't complain about the weather." And agreed, <laughs> like you know, ninety yeah. percent of the time, can't complain about the weather. But on a day like this, where it's sort of unexpected, did you what 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 did you go to for like to? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even think I chose something to stay cool. I just kind of chose something where I was like, "This is just what I'm feeling today." Yeah, I well, so I was just outside with the tree guy. We've got a tree issue. So I was standing out there in the 103 or 102, and it was uh, lots of wind. <clears throat> so my throat got a little dried up. Um, so I'm starting with the hot mug of water. Yeah, some, so you can some talk. Hot water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I like um, a nice hot day. Sometimes I'll go for the, the tequila and the grapefruit Zevia. Um, I was going to make, I, I made a lemon lime and uh, a lemon lime Zevia and tequila drink over the weekend. And that was very good. But today I went for the Zevia ginger ale mm. um, and the budget Kentucky best whiskey from Trader Joe's. There you Can't go. go wrong with that. No, not at all. It's uh, aged four years, 40%. So it's 80 proof. Uh, and it's refreshing. It's nice and cool. So what do you got? So, you know, you know, you uh, buy, probably buy too, too many bottles when you kind of forget about one. Yeah. <laughs> and like you go into your cabinet and you're like, wait, when did I buy this? What's going on here? Uh, so I was, I was in, because uh, I, I was in Chicago all weekend and uh, the night before I had to go to sleep early, and I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to go to sleep early? I was like, oh, have a drink. That'll kind of you know, calm me down. Now, it won't help me sleeping because generally uh, when I drink, my deep sleep is kind of affected. But yeah, um, but I was like, I, you know, I, I do need to kind of like, you know, I, I'm not in that mode of like calming down and going to sleep until I'm closer to like 1130 midnight. So to do that at like nine o'clock because I had a six o'clock flight. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had a little bit of anxiety around that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have a drink. And uh, I, I think I mentioned um, there was a, a Johnny Walker rye that I found that was really good. And I'm not necessarily a rye person, but I really liked it. I was like, wow, this was really good. 
So uh, I don't know. A couple months ago, I I found another ride that I wanted to try, and the reason why, and I'm going to ask you if you know what this is, as my light just went out on me. I'll, I'll oh, fix no. that in a second. <laughs> when and when you're talking, I'll fix the light. Um, chill filtered. Do you know what chill filtered is? Because this don't. This, this ride, the reason why I bought it is because it said it was chill filtered. I was like, oh, I kind of I want to buy it, and then I want to learn what chill filtered means. Interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of chill filtered. Okay, I'm I'm gonna read from the website, the Whiskey Advocate. And it's it spells whiskey the way that the Japanese whiskeys are spelled without the e y. It's just the s k y. So right. that's the website. Whiskey. That's like a scotch scotch whiskey as well as is without an e. Okay. It says a whiskey doesn't go from still to barrel to bottle in pristine form, along with sediment from the barrel, chemical compounds like fatty acids, proteins, and long chain esters are present in the final product. In whiskeys lower than about 46% ABV, these chemical compounds create a cloudiness or haze when the whiskey is chilled. The haze doesn't pose any hazards to those who drink it, but for aesthetic reasons, most distilleries choose to filter it out using a process called chill filtration. Chill filtration is performed the way it sounds by lowering the temperature of the whiskey to several degrees below freezing. At this temperature, the whiskey is still liquid and the haze producing compounds have clumped together. The liquid is passed through a series of filters made of materials ranging from paper to metal to crushed seashells that trap all the compounds larger (laughs) than several microns. The amount of compounds and sediment removed depends on the number of filters, the speed at which the whiskey passes through them, and the pressure at which it's filtered. So this is very much a looks thing over yes. uh, rather than it has anything to do with the taste or, or, or whatever. So that, that was pretty interesting. Chill filter. Yeah. And that, and that comes from, <clears throat> so like when you distill, when you brew, uh, so when I used to brew beer, um, I would, you would brew up the beer and you brew an ale. So it would ferment at like anywhere from 64 to 72 degrees, kind of keep it, you know, wrap it in blankets if it was during the winter and it was in the house and just kind of keep it warm. Uh, But then you would cold crash it uh, during the, the clarifying process. So you can, you could actually move it to another bucket when it was done fermenting, then take that bucket and stick it in like a thing of ice, just put ice and cold water around it. And that would crash everything, all the sediments out. So then after you bottled it and you'd pour your beer, you'd have a nice clear looking uh, pale ale instead of cloudy. Now everybody wants cloudy and hazy when it comes to, um, you know, beers, they want the juicy, hazy beer. So you don't see a lot of, you know, you don't see many clear beers unless they're lagers anymore. But can we just call it chiltration? Yeah. Why don't Why don't they call it that? It's marketing right there, man. Yeah. You didn't even have a marketing degree, <laughs> and you came up with that. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, I do. I have a I have an advertising minor. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's there I used it. All right. I'll never use it again. But. It's <laughs> all right. So yeah. So I have my my rye uh, with a with a rock, and it's. It's chill, filtered, and also chilled because of the ice. I like that. But so I I will say, I think I'm becoming a fan of rye. Rye is, you know what? If you like bread, which I love bread. (laughs) So if you like bread, you're going to like rye. I mean, rye, especially just a rye on the rocks. Yeah. Mm, During the winter, you get that nice kind of heat to it, a little tiny spiciness oh, yeah. to it oh yeah Love oh yeah it. yeah okay so let's talk about the player of the week because i think oh well i know who won because i looked it up but this yeah. player uh w- w- was a big reason why the giants did win uh those games in philly uh and 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 he had he had a pretty big week and you know we kind of mentioned him so i'll tease that we mentioned him in, in the hot take bry game that he went to but read off uh who the player of the week is all right, we got three picks coming in third place, last place, the player that I voted for. Oh, <laughs> I, I voted for Logan Webb. Yeah, he only because week. I was happy to see him get back on track, make some great pitches, 
get the breaking stuff working again, down around the knees, dropping to the shins, the feet. I, I loved what he was working with this week. So I gave him my vote. Logan Webb came in third, two game starts this week. Um, one and one record, uh, 11 and two thirds innings pitched two earned runs, a walk, 13 strikeouts in those 11 and two thirds and a 2.26 FIP, uh, which is nice and nice and tiny and compact and uh, thought he pitched really well. So to kind um, of just, just mm-hmm. the, you, we, we were counting uh, last Tuesday to this Tuesday, right? Correct. So we went Tuesday to, or Tuesday, to uh, well, Tuesday to Monday, Tuesday to Monday, yeah, Tuesday, usually we do Monday to Sunday. Uh, but since we've been doing the shows on Tuesday lately because of, uh, you know, all kinds of other things. So we, we've been doing, uh, so this week was, yes, Tuesday. I think we'll be back Monday. next Monday, though, by the way. Just, yeah. It was just Godly Labor Day so. and, and stuff. Uh, another thing I saw was mm-hmm. that in his previous three starts, so he was the, the winning pitcher against the Dodgers last night. In his previous three starts, he gave up a combined three earned runs. And he got the loss in every single one of those starts. Gee, yeah. So, yeah, and that's because I think one of those games he had given up six earned runs. They figured out there was an error instead of a hit, and uh, they all, almost all of them, became yeah. unearned. So, if you can, if you can give somebody uh, antiquated stat, right? Wins, losses. Sure. Uh, if you, if you can, if you can say he pitched well enough to get the win, can you give him the win? I mean, if he if he gave up <laughs> one earned run, and the opposing pitcher gave up three earned runs, but you lost six to three, I mean, or six to two or whatever, can, can you give him the win? I mean, I think I think we could fix that. I think we can change that now. Say, or or should be, uh, you know, instead of seven and six, he should be uh, twelve and four. I. That was quick math. It's probably totally wrong, but <laughs> so yeah. Coming in second, Tyro Estrada, fifteen point eight percent of the vote, uh, three thirty three average on the week, four eighteen woba, one home run, four ribbies, uh, stolen base. So now he has what seventeen or eighteen on the year, fifteen point four percent walk rate. Uh, again, another one of our unsung heroes that yeah. is just, you know, goes out there and plays ball. I think I looked today and his war is only 2.0 though. Um, and I even think that's offensive war. His batting war is just 2.0, but it, it, he seems to kind of be in the middle of it whenever we look. Um, so coming in with the player of the week win this week. Jock Peterson, an insane week. He only had 16 at bats this week, but he hit 538 with a 667 Woba, a 1000 Babip, two home runs, 11 RBI, and five runs. Player of the week, Jock Peterson. The the 1000 Babip. Does that mean that every ball he hit should have been a, a base hit under? normal circumstances i don't think you can have can you have a 1000 babip that's what it is that's what it was this week uh, according to fan graphs he had a 1000 babip so i think that means that every time he put the ball in play he got a hit i so think the it means- only times he made outs was when he struck out yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, so that's what it is. Batting average on um, balls in play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he, every time he put wood on the baseball, he got a hit. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, he hit 538 for the week. So it's really not that out of, out of the ordinary. Only had 16 at bats, but yeah. So he had nine hits and seven strikeouts. Yes. <laughs> I, I believe a, so. That's <laughs> amazing. I love that stat. Yeah, well, I'd have to a, pull up his stats again, but yeah. I'm so happy you pulled that up because I didn't think that would necessarily be possible, but he did hit. He did get a couple of like little blooper shots like against the lefties because he hit he mm-hmm. he hit against some lefties this week. 
and there was like little dunk shots over the second baseman and little bloop shots in front of the right fielder. That's awesome. That what an amazing so, stat. So here it is. Yep, here it is. Okay, so I was wrong. Sixteen plate appearances, thirteen at bats because he did walk twice. I think he got hit by a pitch as well. Yeah, hit by pitch. Um, so in thirteen at bats, seven hits. He got seven hits, six strikeouts. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Eleven ribbies in his seven hits as well. And so look, every that, hit counted for something. The the thing, the most memorable, and this was even in the loss was was the San Diego game. Mm-hmm. But that home run was beautiful. Oh yeah, especially oh, he's like just on an absolute tear right now. Like night games at at uh, Oracle. I always want to call it AT and T. I know. Night games at Oracle are tremendous. Like if you, if you, it, sometimes it can be cold and and windy. But I remember it was uh, during the one of the first two World Series, and you know all the all the almost all the games in 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 the World Series or, or even in in the, in the playoffs or in the evening. And I was, I think it was that. Okay, so it was the second. Sorry, it was 2012. It was the St. Louis series, and I remember. Oh, before Ishikawa hit the home run, there was a a camera shot of at that time AT and T, and I was like, "How lucky are we to have this ballpark?" Because it looked amazing on TV, and I've been, you know, I've been to tons of night games, and yeah. and it can look majestic at times, like if the lights and and everything is sort of like perfect, and uh, that shot when he hit it. In that in the evening, into the water, like everything was perfect about that moment, and I was like, only except that they didn't win. If they would have won, that that would have been one of the best games of the season, just because of the way it looked. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome. No, it's it's fantastic. I remember 2006 went to an A's Giants game in June. Um, Ray Durham hit a three run shot walk off. that was a blast. Bonds hit like number seven fifty-eight or something like that. Um, he had already passed no, he hadn't passed the record yet. No, no, no. He was in the six hundreds still. Okay. Because this was two thousand six. Yeah. So he was still in the six hundreds. I have a pic I took a picture of it and I actually have it framed in my office at, at work. Um as he's crossing home plate with the number up on there. So I'll I'll try to get a picture of that. Um but I remember sitting third deck about six or seven rows back behind home plate. And you spend most of your time just kind of looking out at the bay, looking across the bay. It was a day game. It was nice and warm. It was beautiful sitting in the sun, just having a really good time. We are blessed with a really nice ballpark. Everybody talks about Dodger stadium. Oh, you haven't been to Dodger stadium. I mean, that's nice, but it's old. It's not, uh, it's a cookie cutter stadium. It is not the dimensions of Oracle. It is not the feel of Oracle. It is not the Bay Breeze of Oracle. You can't hit a ball in the ocean at, at Dodger Stadium. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm just comparing it with Dodger Stadium because I hate that place so much. <laughs> Never been there, but I, I know I hate it. <laughs> Uh, the 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 slate that we used for this show. This is why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So so okay. I I agree with you because I have been to Dodger Stadium. Mm. I haven't been to Dodger Stadium in the evening though. I, I, I imagine it's pretty great in the evening. I like yeah. Dodger Stadium, and I know that might be you know maybe something the Giants fans don't want to hear. But when I did go, and this was probably, gosh, late nineties. Uh, and I thought I thought it was I thought it was awesome. It was it was really fun to watch a Giants Dodgers game there. Now, I I wasn't fearing for my life when I went, <laughs> and I and, you know <laughs> w- when both teams are good, kind of you you're a little worried about that just just because. But yeah, it had a good time, and uh, it is you know it I, there is a classicness to that park because it has been around for so long, and they haven't had to build a new stadium, right? And you kind of wonder, you're like, oh, right. at some point, it's probably worth it to build something, but I think it's one of the class. It's like, you know, it's not Wrigley. Wrigley has, and it's not Fenway. Like, those parks have, yeah. like, this mystique and this historical uh, landmark kind of thing to them. But I think as the years go by, it it 
may get closer to those statuses. Like Dodger Stadium may become, you know, sort of a historical landmark as well. But, uh, you know, I kind of hope they lose all of their games in Dodger Stadium. <laughs> it's not happening well, this year. but <laughs> Yeah. And, 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 you know, us Giants fans, how we are. When the Giants don't make the playoffs this year and the Dodgers make the playoffs, all we can hope for is that the Dodgers don't get out of their first round of games and and then we can gloat again and say, well, you built all that for nothing. Um, you know, that's what we look forward to. That's sad. We're sad this year, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about uh, somebody who he's had a great season and I think we're kind of worried no, not even worried. Like we we knew what we were getting into when he signed is, is Carlos Rodon. <clears throat> yeah. My worry, because I feel like this guy is 100% an ace. And if you believe that Logan Webb is also an ace, you're like, wow, we kind of have two aces on this team, two dependable starters. Alex Webb um, uh, is, is been tremendous. Like, so that's like three really good and dependable starters. And I feel like the second that Rodon goes, okay, opting out, you know, going to try and find a five-year deal somewhere, I think the Giants are going to lose a little bit more than maybe we would have thought when this deal happened. Because when when this deal happens, we're thinking like, oh, you know, we're going to be back in the playoffs. This guy's going to be throwing fastballs. But now that we're not, I'm worried that he leaves and we cannot fill that spot unless they find – you know, unless Zadie does his magic and finds another sh- uh, short deal on somebody who maybe doesn't maximize the value. Cause you know, Radon should have had a five-year deal. He should have had a five-year hundred million dollar deal somewhere, but teams were a little worried about his, his injury history. And the guy has been lights out. He's been amazing. 157.1 innings, 120 hits and 201 strikeouts. 11.5 strikeouts per nine. Just tremendous. And I, I'm like, can is there a way we can bring him back? Like, I don't know. The, this is starting to hit me that we're not going to be able to see this guy pitch for another, you know, after another month. Uh, and maybe this stint with the Giants is just going to be a short thing on his resume. Like, oh, yeah, I pitched for the Giants in 2022. I, you know what? <clears throat> so the money's going to be there. Um, Rodone can make more than 22 million next year. That that's, you know, what his option is for. He can pick it up himself and say, I'm just staying here for 22, but the way he's pitched this year and the way he stayed healthy, he could probably make 30, uh, if not a little bit more than that. The giants have the money. Um, they can easily do that. Okay. So I, I, I kind of put together a little bit, some free agents, some arbitration guys. So next year, Belt off the books, Flores off the books. They're going to want to bring Flores back, I'm sure. Peterson off the books, that's only $6 million, but they're probably going to want to bring him back too on a multi-year deal, maybe two or three years. Do um, you think that happens, by the way? I think that happens. I think if, if it comes down to, and again, it shouldn't come down to Flores or Peterson. I think they can re-sign both of them and re-sign Rodone um, and continue to build from the outside as well. Um, but if they bring back Peterson, uh, I mean, he's probably easily worth uh, two years, 18, maybe, you, you know, nine, $3 million raise next year uh, and then nine for the next season. I think they could do that. And I think he'd be happy to stay in San Francisco. But, but what, what do you think stops him? from being a 12 to $16 million player? Is it because the fact that he only hits righties? Is it the defense? Because like, if you put his numbers, yeah, yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause if you put his numbers up and you just look at his numbers on paper and mm. you're like, Oh, like he should fit what a team who is contending is looking for. He, he should. And, I think he could still get that. He could still get a $12 million deal somewhere, $15 million deal. Mm-hmm. If somebody sees him as a full-time DH, but then you'd have to be comfortable with him facing lefties. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and I don't think at this point of his career, you have enough of a sample size. I mean, you've got plenty of years of a sample size to say he's not going to magically start hitting lefties. Yeah. Um, but but what's going to keep him from coming back to San Francisco um, is the fact that they didn't make the playoffs this year. And, and he mentioned already that he's played for a division winner in every season that he's played in the majors so far, except for this year. Um, is that going to discourage him? I don't think so, especially mm-hmm. if Zadie has a game plan. He came here for a reason, and it wasn't because the Giants were a lock for a playoff spot this year because they certainly were not even after winning 107 games. By the way, I keep talking like we're out of it. On September 1st, <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're pulling this. this back in. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you are doing I'm, this right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Our playoff odds on September 1st were 0.1% according to fan graphs. After this four-game winning streak, our playoff odds have shot up to 1%. So, <laughs> so it's not over. It's not over, Giants fans. On May 13th of this year, our highest odds of making the playoffs were 79%. And they've they've dropped a little bit since then but by 78%. But that I think that's the only thing that's going to keep Jock Peterson from from wanting to stay. I think Flores might be a lock to stay. Interesting. Um, you know, I I think he's played a lot of baseball. I think he understands that he's got a good thing here in San Francisco. He's got playing time. The Giants have a lot of positions for him to kind of float around in. He makes a great DH. Uh, he crushes as a right-handed hitter. I think the Giants are are, are probably going to want to do what they can to to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, J.D. Davis is an arbitration guy next year. They probably try to get him as well. Evan Longoria uh, has made what? What was Evan Longoria's contract this year? Um, let me see. I, oh I, I have Spot Track open, so let me see. Okay, all right, it. thanks. Because I think I. Oh no, I didn't close my page. He's 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 making nineteen point six seven million this year. Evan Longoria. Yes. His his pickup next year. His option is five million. A paltry five million. I know he's going to be. 37 next year um but five million dollars for a guy who does what he does and hits how he hits uh, why not right have a veteran presence on the on the books for five million okay but if they buy him out for five million that is Mm -hmm. them essentially saying go find another team yeah if they didn't want to buy him out he's coming back at 13 Oh, that's million. right. So the difference yeah. of eight, right, 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 right. right. So, so a difference of eight million, which really isn't that much. Again, for a guy like Longoria, um, you can pay the eight million. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, again, veteran presence, play third base. You can kind of start to work in VR at third base. Uh, JD Davis is going to be there at third base. Um, David VR is a guy that um, they kind of wanted him to get play a little bit of first base the rest of the year as well, possibly some second base, and then possibly some left field. Um, so I think they're trying to make uh, VR a little bit of a, a hop-around type of guy um, who could play a lot of positions. So, yeah, I, th- I think... I think getting Peterson and Flores back next year is kind of key to keep going. I know a lot of people want to flush this. Yeah. Like flush this whole thing and just start all over again. That would be to me that would be the absolute biggest mistake mm-hmm. uh that they can make because again, the team won 107 games last year. They're a 500 club this year. I think you can continue with the pieces you have, um cut off, you know, trim off some of the fat get some players via free agency, via trades. But you're saying uh, we're, and, si- we're signing, we're, we're, we're going to get Otani? Otani and Josh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I mean by building, yes. <laughs> building from the outside. You know, if, if Otani, if the Giants were able to bring Otani over, he would be the single biggest fan favorite since Tim Linscombe, and it wouldn't be close. Yes. That would be amazing. He, he, 
he would be a bigger Bay Area rock star than anybody in Metallica. Right? <laughs> he would. I mean, he would have a following. Oh, yeah. I don't buy baseball jerseys of current players, but I would buy an Otani Orange Friday jersey. Yeah, and he and he would and he would make up all of us trying to make Shinjo happen. Oh, he would make it up. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, poor Shiyoshi Shinjo. And by the way, I I, I uh, I'm half Japanese, which is why I made that joke because yeah. the second that Shinjo was on this team, every single Asian Giants fan that I know, we were like, "That's our guy." Yeah. And so that that just 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 in case people I, that that was not meant yeah. to be offensive. No, um, no, no. And I loved him too when he came here. I go, you know what? San Francisco. Uh, we had the first uh, Asian American baseball right. player. Uh, ever in the history of baseball. Right. Um, so I thought for Shinjo, I go, wow, this is great. Because he started with the Mets, right? He was with the Mets. Yes. Came over the Giants. And I thought, well, this is good because, you know, he's in San Francisco, different coast. He's going to flourish. You know, he played baseball. Just, <laughs> you know, he, he, would, he would be, he would be, if he was in playing today, he would be Kapler's, Eighth and ninth inning center fielder. That's what he would do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, last night was fun to watch because the Giants got out to a big lead and then went defensive. And that's the baseball that I love. So to see Kapler do that last night, I was very excited and very happy about that. I'd love to see that. And he has the health now. Yeah. He has the health and Zadie's given him the pieces now to say, now you can do this. So maybe that's a taste of what we're going to get a little bit more of next year. So what did you think of them taking David VR out of the game after he hit the home run? I thought that was fine. Uh, Again, um, you know, uh, looking at articles today and kind of at first I was like, wow, September. Yeah. But it's the Dodgers. (laughs) Right. And, and Webb, like the article, an article I read, I can't remember. I think it might have been the Athletic, uh, and it might have been Baggerly. You know, if I'm if I'm wrong on this, correct me. But I, I think he was talking about how Webb deserves this yes. at this point. It's it was September. clear. It was clearly about you know, like, like I mentioned that Webb had only given up three earned runs in the previous three yeah. uh, stints, and and he had all three losses. So that, that I mean, it was clear that that's what they were going for. For and, and you're right, the Dodgers. Yeah. It means. They really want to beat this team because, if anything, you know the season's been a bit of a, a frustrating season, but beating the Dodgers always means something. And they were what zero and eight in Dodger Stadium coming into this series, so you yeah. don't want to leave there getting swept in three and end up zero and eleven on the season in Dodger Stadium. That's embarrassing for your rival. So, um, pulling the strings the way he did last night, I, I, I liked it. It felt like, um, you know, it felt like. Late '90s, early 2000s managing, where okay, we got a lead. Let's go defensive now. Let's make some plays, and and it paid off big time. There were three great plays in the game. So um, that last play of the game, ooh, that was a little bit frightening. <laughs> did, you, did you think Tyro was throwing that thing in the dugout? Because I did. I was pretty sure it was not going to reach Flores. Yes, I was a little bit frightened. <laughs> and what about that stretch from Flores? The yes. guy does not move well, but that was a nice stretch no, there. That's what I'm telling you. He he got to keep him around next year because he can yeah. play some positions. He will make when he gets to the ball, he yeah. will make some plays, but you know. And it was it was actually Longoria who made the throwing error, right? Was he the one that made the it throwing error? It was. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, let's uh let's get to this week and the rest of this week, since we already are on Tuesday, um, I uh, this is a kind of an insane week. If you look is, at the man. schedule, it's it's crazy. So the so as we are recording, the the Giants play the Dodgers in about an hour, and then tomorrow they have a day game. So Wednesday, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, ten uh, one ten, and then. They got to go all the way to Milwaukee and play a double header. Two games 
the only day that they're going to be in Milwaukee, and then they go and play the Cubs for three at Chicago. Wacky, <laughs> wacky, <laughs> wacky, wacky, wacky scheduling. That's and, the lockout. Yes. And, I, and you know, the thing about, I think if the Giants were like in the pennant, like even in the wild card race, I'd be looking at this going like, oh man, this is so unfair. But, you know, they're like seven and a half games behind in the third wild card spot. I'm like, ah, I don't know. As long as they have, you know, it's going to be kind of, I'm interested to see how Kapler handles those two games. I imagine if, uh, if any of those two games kind of get, get, get out of, uh, out of the way for him, you know, we may see a a position player pitching, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. Cause he's, you know, cause he's going to want to like, and I'm not saying that they're going to throw away those Milwaukee games because, you know, they owe it to the teams who Milwaukee is battling for the wild card to try and win those games. But I think, you know, going to Chicago, there's also going to be a wanting to play well because you go to regularly field, you got all these young players who may have never, you know, they're, dream to play in Wrigley Field. You want you want to show in that series. And I, I don't know if they're going to give away two games, but I kind of wonder if the if, if you're looking at the importance of the next uh the next seven games, those two Brewers games may be the two least important games of the rest of the week. Yeah, and you're right because they've got the Chicago games and then they've got then they come home for Atlanta and the Dodgers. So I mean it's and and this is in sandwiched in between sweeping the Phillies and then playing the Dodgers and possibly sweeping the Dodgers, right? I'm yes. just going to talk that into <laughs> existence. <laughs> so as a Giants Rams fan, Thursday is going to be wacky for me because got a Giants double header and a Rams home opener, NFL opener on Thursday night against the Bills, a possible Super Bowl preview. That should be pretty insane. This is our our last show before before football season. Okay, so so stay with me on this. We'll we'll, we'll stay yeah, on yeah. this football thing. We're, we're you know, we're mostly done with with the 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 actual yeah. baseball part of the podcast. The Rams are the underdog? Yeah. What's Rams going on? Under underdog at home. What is going um, on? One of their receivers is hurt. Uh so they're down to two receivers and two rookies. Three well, two receivers, a second year player who has dropped some footballs in uh, Ben Scourin. Um and our Scouronic from uh uh, Notre Dame, but last year I don't know if you remember the NFC Championship game. He dropped that wide open touchdown against the Niners. Uh, so one of he's my third... favorite plays of the whole game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's their third receiver, and behind that you've got Tutu uh, uh, Atwell, who was a rookie last year who got hurt, and he's tiny. I think the guy's smaller than me. And then you've got uh, a, another rookie in uh, McCutcheon this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they're. You know, the odd, odds makers are pretty much saying, like, well, the Rams don't have all their offensive weapons. and the, But I would still bet on Sean McVay at home in a big game to open the season. I don't care who you're playing. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they're going to be all fired up, but they're coming across the country to open the season. And uh, Los Angeles is probably going to be – 103 degrees yeah probably yeah 100 degrees so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tough yeah i was thinking i was like what i mean they're obviously the bills are the hot team like everybody loves the bills but on the other end i was kind of wondering is some of this related to this worry about stafford like, do I don't people think really, so. Like, what do you think about Stafford? Do you think he's going to be okay? Does he got a bum arm? Like, what? what as, as a Rams fan, are you worried about him at all this season? I'm not worried about him at all. He's played through. I mean, you've seen the guy break his ribs in the middle of a game a couple of years ago for Detroit. Got up and finished the series. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really worried about him. Um, you know, he's never been the the best deep ball thrower as it is. Um, I think the 
that the Rams have a little bit more of a running game this season. They have uh, more horses in the stable than they did last year. Um, they almost have like a, a three running back by committee uh, this year. And the last couple of years, they were kind of fighting just to find two healthy guys. Um, so I think they're going to rely a little bit more on that. Higby is healthy. They're tied in. Uh, offensive line is always a question for the Rams the last couple of seasons. Uh, Whitworth retired. Um so you know there it, there's a lot of differences this year, but but yeah. I'm not worried about Stafford. He's such a tough guy. He's such a gamer. Um, you know I, everything I've seen about the arm injury is is just like they held, held him out of practice, held him out of all this stuff. Let's just keep it at bay. Everything's going to be fine. By and, the way, who's uh, your backup? Yeah, the backup is um, let's see, Bryce Perkins. Is that, a, uh, is, that a, he, is that a real guy or is that like a Madden generated name? <laughs> Madden generated, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played for uh, Arizona State, Arizona Western, and Virginia. But he was a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of fun to watch. Well, no, actually, you know what? He is, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the guy who played the majority of the snaps uh, in the preseason for the Rams. Um, and then, uh, John Wolford is the other guy. And so I think they're holding on to three quarterbacks on the roster right now. Um, so I don't even think they really have a true, uh, a backup, but Bryce Perkins is a great runner type of quarterback. Um, a tough guy couldn't just, take him down during the preseason. So just let Aaron Donald play quarterback, just have him just like stand back yeah. and, People trying to rush at him, and he's like, "What? What? Yeah, exactly." And he blows up, <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, we're not messing with you." Um, well, and the de- and that defense. I mean, you know, they're going to be after you know Josh Allen pretty much the entire game. So, yeah, that's that's a great Thursday night game, like to open the season. Yeah, oh yeah, Ooh, oh yeah, and then you got game. Bobby Wagner, and the Rams have Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker now. They did they they've been f- struggling to find a linebacker for years, and now you've got Aaron Donald. In the in the front, you got Bobby Wagner, and then you got Jalen Ramsey. So yep. it's you know putting together an all star defense. Other than Jalen Ramsey, though, at corner, that's a little questionable. So I can <laughs> see the the two and a half point favorite spread for the for the Bills. I would. I, I, I think that mind. I think people are just really excited about the Bills, and I think the Bills are good, but I don't think they're going to be the world beater that a lot of people think they are. No, I would um, love to see the Rams walk out of there. The Rams walk out of there with a you know. 33 to 7 win. Not me. No, well, no, not you. (laughs) (laughs) But just because I think I think Bills fans are some of the worst. So sorry, Bills fans. They're gonna yeah, they're 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 gonna (laughs) jump off of a a a ladder and (laughs) leg drop somebody to they've got their wrestling moves down, man. Yeah. Um all right. So uh yeah, football season starts. Baseball season is ongoing. We're going to keep doing podcasts about the Giants and we'll figure, you know, when they, the off season is, is kind of closer than, than we, I think fans realize it's like a month left. Uh, and we'll have to figure, I think some of it is we're going to, you know, we're going to pay attention to the playoffs and we'll talk about the playoffs as, as they happen. But um, all right, we're going to be done. We're done here, but just want to remind folks that uh, Brian, hot take Brian, and I do the death lineup on uh, on this channel uh and we will be back on thursday for the live stream and then friday morning the podcast will be in the podcast feed we didn't do a show last week because i was going out of town and it just it was just like chaos and i was like you know what yeah let's take a break we'll be fine we'll be back next week and then sunday sunday afternoon after the niners bears myself and and roderick adams I'm not saying this is 100% because we still have some things to figure out, but we're going to try and do some live streams after uh, after games and just kind of get like that quick uh, Niners, uh, you know, feel the, the temperature gauge about how the game just that that was just happening. I mean, really, they, they really should beat the Bears, but you never know. It's in it's in Chicago. Um, and and so we'll be back and we're going to it's going to be the first episode of the We Want Winners podcast, the the famous quote by mike singletary <laughs> when when he forced uh, Vern davis to the sideline and to the locker room we uh, want winners uh and and then uh and then yeah so 
you know, we're kind of back into football. We also have the red and gold standard, which is just going to be podcasts only. That will not be in our YouTube or our, our Facebook uh, live stream, just podcasts. But yeah, we're, you know, we're BSPN We're we're right smack in, in the middle of like where all those, the, all three of the sports just kind of combine because the Warriors will be back in a month as well. Like it's kind of crazy that all yeah. of the sports will have a little bit of time where, Gosh, that means I'm doing three shows a week. That's crazy. <laughs> and college football is back. San Jose State, State is one and zero. Woohoo! I know. Yeah. See, we need to get Brad back to the Bay Area so we can go back yeah. to Spartan Stadium. Let's swing down, catch a game, pay tribute to Lawrence Fan. Absolutely. Just yeah, man. Yeah, cool. Lawrence Fan didn't didn't let me speak to <clears throat> the guy that I wanted to speak to for very long though. But oh no, n- there's you know no no there's. I'm not mad about that, obviously, no, now, because no, no, he passed no. away. He's a very nice guy, but yeah. he was doing his job. I was like, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. more yeah. than 15 minutes for this interview that's going to be recorded <laughs> and played on the radio station. Yeah. So. Well, we were kids. We were kids just trying to break into the business. We exactly. want, 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 want. And Lawrence, exactly. Lawrence knew his job. He was like, yeah, you're good. sweet all right um yeah so we're done here we'll be back next monday so we'll be back monday we've been doing some shows on tuesday everything my my schedule's sort of settled so uh for brad i'm double g we will see you when we see you peace out peace it's obvious we're being let down by the institutions we used to trust The mainstream media are distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the real concerns of American families. Countries we're at odds with are hoarding food, financial systems are strained, and supply chains remain too fragile. We can tell something is coming, so we're preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, makes it easy for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. And while you're there, stock up on water filtration, heirloom seeds, and emergency gear, too, at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.